a little bit, but hopefully it will make sense in the flow later on. Just bear with me. If you're, if you're one of our regular members, you know that this is not the way we normally do things. And so you're, you're, some of you are just now waking up going, wait a minute, I missed communion? But, but it's okay. It's, it's coming later. Um, you'll be all right. If you're a visitor with us, welcome. We're glad you're here. You don't see anything different because you that's okay. We're glad you're here, and we hope that you will come back and uh, be part of us because we're, we're a family, and we enjoy being together. We enjoy each other. Um, we come together as often as we can. We're going to come back tonight at 5 o'clock and have uh, S&T. That's our abbreviation we use for Sunday night together. And uh, if you're going to try one out, this is a good one to try out because we're going to sing a few songs. We're going to pray a couple prayers, and Freddie Anderson is going to be our speaker tonight. So if you haven't had the opportunity to hear Freddie speak um, you're, you're missing out. You need to show up tonight here, 5 o'clock. You'll enjoy it, I promise. Um, and then next week I'm going to be on vacation, and you're going to hear the, the, the wonderful and talented Todd Tipton. Our, uh, our college minister is going to uh, uh, take care of Sunday morning for us, and Bar Sanderson will take care of S&T on Sunday night. So a lot of good things coming up, a lot of things happening. If you want to check out what's happening, go to our website. We have a brand spanking new website. It still has the new website smell to it. If you go on it, it is hcoc.church. It can't get any easier than that. H, Huntsville, C-O-C, Church of Christ, dot church. That's easy to remember. Enter that into your little browser and you go to that page, you'll find all kind of things, um, but, but specifically what all's going on and uh, help you get caught up a little bit because we're a busy church. There's a lot of things going on. We're in the middle of a series that we've been doing called The Real God, and basically we're looking at different attributes of God, who God is, what are some characteristics of God, because our, our goal, our aim, one of our stated missions you'll see on your way out is to love God. And, and falling deeper in love with God happens when we learn more about who God is. And so that's the purpose of this series. This week, we're on, we're on the idea of justice, the justice of God. Now, Glenn Beck would not like this sermon. Um, not that I know Glenn personally. Um, we haven't discussed it. But a few years ago, on his radio show, uh, Beck said that if you ever hear your preacher talking about justice, you need to find another preacher. I probably shouldn't be telling you that, right? Um, but, but I laughed when I heard that because I said, well, that, you know, that, that pretty much knocks out Isaiah and Jeremiah and Micah and Hosea and Amos and, you know, we could keep going, right? So I'm in pretty good company. Jesus, Paul, a lot of people talk about the justice of God because justice is a theme that runs throughout Scripture. From beginning to end, you continually hear about the justice of God. This is a theme that, that permeates Scripture. Think about it like this. How do you introduce yourself? When you go to somebody, how do you introduce yourself? You're meeting them for the first time. Usually, or, or, or like if, uh, if I'm meeting somebody for the first time, I'm, I'm Jeff Dunn. I am the preacher at the Huntsville Church of Christ. That's my go-to introduction. Now, does that tell you everything about me? No, but that's where I spend a lot of my time and energy. Now, it depends on the setting, though, because if I'm at a kid's thing or at the school, I'm Allie's dad or I'm Olivia's dad. Um, you know, so it depends on the setting, but we introduce ourselves by the things that are most important to us. When I go to speak somewhere else and they ask, how would you like to be introduced? 
I'm the preacher at the Huntsville Church of Christ. I'm not real pretentious. I don't need big, uh, big titles or anything. But the, I say all this to say, over a dozen times in Scripture, over a dozen times, God introduces himself in terms of justice. Think about that. Let's look at some of those real quick. Isaiah 30, 18. The Lord longs to be gracious to you, and therefore he waits on high to have compassion on you, for the Lord is a God of justice. Deuteronomy 32, 4. The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are just, a God of faithfulness and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. Psalm 33, 5. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord. Zephaniah 3, 5. The Lord is righteous within her. He will do no injustice. Every morning he brings his justice to light. He does not fail, but the unjust knows no shame. Psalm 103, 6. Uh, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. We could go on and on and on. I'm not, but we could. And as I begin to look at all these things, one of the things that intrigues me is over and over and over again through Scripture, we see the terms righteousness and justice connected. That intrigued me. That made a bell go off in my mind. And I said, I want to dig in a little bit. I want to know a little bit more about this. Now, so, so what I did was I started digging. And the word most often translated justice is a Hebrew word that is mishpat. Don't worry about it. There's not going to be a test. You're not going to have to pronounce it or write it. But mishpat is the Hebrew word that is most often translated justice. This word occurs over 200 times in the Old Testament alone. Its basic meaning is to treat people equitably, to give people what they're due. That means uh, we give people what they deserve. That means people are, 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 are punished according to the merits of their case. People are acquitted according to the merits of their case, regardless of race, regardless of social standing, regardless of, of financial. You are given what you're due. But it's more than that. Mishpat is merely, more than merely punishing wrongs or, or something like that. It, it means giving people their right, giving people what they're due. For example, in Deuteronomy 18, the, the, priests, the, the people are directed that the priests get a percentage of their income. And, and the way that reads in Deuteronomy 18 is that, it is, it is, that support is described as the priest mishpat, the priest justice or, or judgment in your, in your King James Version. So... It's giving people their due, whether that be punishment or care. And as you search through Scripture, you find that God's justice, His mishpat, is generally directed at a specific group of people that's commonly referred to as the quartet of the vulnerable. It's the widow, the orphan, the immigrant, and the poor. Over and over and over and over and over. You see that brought to the surface. God says, do not mistreat this quartet of the vulnerable. Because in this ancient agrarian society, these were the people who, who had the least say. They didn't have a voice. They didn't have any way to, to, to command anything. Most of them didn't have, didn't have a way to, to earn a living. Most of them were separated from, from a, a way to connect with, uh, with land or with property or with, with, with money. They, they, they were, many of them, days from starvation. And, and they were the bottom barrel. They, they living at a, at a subsistence level. And, and so the Bible over and over says that when neglect is shown to the needs of this group, it's not merely a lack of mercy or charity. It is instead a violation of the mishpat of God. It's important. 
It's important for us specifically because it's important to God. We don't have time now, but, but in your personal study sometime, walk through the Old Testament and look at how many times the widow, the orphan, the immigrant, the poor is mentioned. Maintaining that mishpat, that justice, is so important to God that he ties it together with another Hebrew word, zadikah. And over and over again, you see those two connected. Now, zadikah is, is a word that holds the action of being just, but it's, it's a more relational word. It's about being in just relationships, in right relationships. And it holds the idea of justice and justness, but in your Bibles, it's commonly translated righteousness. Mishpat, zadikah, justice and righteousness are always inequitably, inexorably linked. Now, when, when I hear righteousness, I usually think of personal morality, right? I, I don't drink, I don't cuss, I don't chew, I don't run around with girls who do, right? That's, that's uh, righteousness. That's what we think of, being good, being better. That's righteousness. But in the Bible, it's more than just being good. It, it's, it's about our relationships with our family. It's about relationships with the society at large. It's about fairness and generosity and equity. Now, I realize I'm spending a lot of time on word study here, and so some of you, you're glazing over. You're going to sleep because I've lost you a long time ago. But, but bear with me. It's going to make sense in a second. Mishpat and Zadikah are inexorably linked. Now, let me break this down in more modern terms for you. Our right relationship with people, whether we treat them justly, is directly connected to our right relationship with God. Now, that hits you hard, doesn't it? It hit me hard. Because I was always uh, under the impression growing up that, that all God was worried about was this hour on Sunday morning. All God was worried about was how I acted inside the holy sanctuary. That after I went outside, yeah, I was supposed to be good, but I didn't have to, it, it didn't matter how I treated my brother. Sometime he'll come here and he'll tell you he was baptized more than any human alive. Because, uh, not because he was super sinful, but because I was bigger and stronger, and uh, he got baptized whether he liked it or not. I know, even as a kid, I wanted to be a preacher. Isn't that crazy? But, but, but for years, Christians have separated what happens here on Sunday morning from the rest of our lives, and we feel righteous because we go to church. We feel righteous because we, we mind our tongue. We feel righteous because we don't participate in the things of this world. But we disconnect our relationships from this. I, I have had people who are, are, are saints, people I respect, who are, who are 80 years old. And, and she will tell you about her righteousness, about how she is in rela right relationship with God. And then you will turn around and tell you, but I haven't spoken to my daughter in 20 years. And God says your right relationship with people, your right relationship with family, with those you come into contact with, is important. Now we think, that's okay, I'm, I'm a charitable person. I'm generous, I give, that's not a big deal, right? That doesn't apply to me, but hold on. This is not about charity. Charity is optional, right? By definition, charity can't be a, requir a requirement. If it is, it's not charity. So we're not talking about charity. In Scripture, giving to the poor. In Scripture, helping those around us is called acts of righteousness. Remember Jesus in Matthew 6 is talking to, 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 to people and teaching them, telling them, don't do your acts of righteousness. That's what he's talking about, giving to the poor, to be seen by men. 
So when we refuse to do those acts, it's not merely stinginess or, or, or being uncharitable. It is, in God's eyes, unrighteousness. Now you're seeing why this is a big concept. My relationship with people can determine my relationship with God. In the book of Job, we see Job calling every failure to help the poor a sin. He says that every, every time he failed to help the poor, in Job 31, that, that, that it was offensive to God. Um, it says that, that every one of those was deserving of, of judgment. Job asserts that thinking of his goods, of his property, as belonging to himself alone is a sin. And to not share his bread would, would be a sin against God. The idea of justice and righteousness are inexorably linked. They go together. It's pretty much one of the central points of the book of James in the New Testament. You'll have people often who'll go to James and they'll say, well, look, the Bible contradicts itself because Paul says you're saved by faith and James says faith by itself is worthless. But you, they go together. Justice and righteousness are connected. What James is saying is that when somebody comes to you and says, I'm hungry, I'm sick, I can't feed my family, and you say, we'll pray for you and send them on your way, you are not performing your act of righteousness. You are hurting your relationship with God. But believing by itself is not enough. That believing is great, but even the demons believe. you got to do something about it. They are connected James says that, that it's a part of one another. Faith is not merely believing. Faith is seeing the world around us in the same way that our God sees the world around us. And so when we embrace that doctrine, when we embrace the, the doctrine of, of justification or, or justice, it changes everything in our lives. It's not just that we don't cuss or watch R-rated movies. We can't help but see the world differently. Instead of sitting in judgment and saying, well, God helps those who help themselves. Not in Bible. Sorry. You can look for it, but it ain't there. Um, or, or I can't help those people because their bad decisions got them into this mess. We say, as someone who has been justified by faith, Thank God, God, thank God that God doesn't do that to me. Right? Because if God's justice looked at me and said, Jeff, you made all these bad decisions. Jeff, you committed all these sins. Jeff, you have condemned yourself to hell. Thank God He doesn't do that, right? Because I would already be there. Once we were on a youth group trip to Mexico... And um, back when we could still do youth group trips to Mexico safely. And uh, we were crossing over at the border crossing. And uh, the, as, you're, as you're crossing over, there's, you're waiting in the long line if you've ever crossed over it. Or as there was a really cool picture in my PowerPoint, but it's, it's not there. Um, as you're crossing over, there's, there it is. It looks like that right there. And, and you see these people walking in between the cars. They're beggars. And, and they're asking for help. 
And we, there was one who was the guy was was in a wheelchair. He had one leg. I mean, you can't fake that. Um, but he's cruising in a wheelchair, and he's got his little can. And and I reach in my wallet and I stick money out the window and I put it in his can. And now I'm in a I'm in a van full of kids here, right? So I'm thinking this is a, a teachable moment. We're going to make a, a, an impression on these kids. The sponsor guy who is next to me turns to me and says, "He's just going to spend that money on beer." Now, i got a van full of kids listening, right? And I say, you know what, Bert? God's going to judge him by what he does with his money. God's going to judge me by what I do with mine. I'm not doing that for him. I'm doing that for me. Now, it sounds selfish, but my justice is connected to my righteousness. We ultimately understand that God is a God of justice. He defends those who cannot defend themselves. He lifts up those who cannot lift themselves. He rescues those who have no hope. And praise God because that's me. I can't defend myself. I can't make myself righteous. I have no hope. See, one day I'm going to stand before the throne of God and give an account of my life. If that doesn't scare you, I don't know what does. I'm going to stand before God and give an account of my life. And let me tell you, if you think you're going to stand there and say, well, God, on June 30th I went to church, and that that's going to somehow balance the scale of a just, righteous, and holy God, that terrifies me. Because I didn't say cuss words is not going to help me. You know what I'm going to say when I have to make an account of my life? I'm going to say Jesus. That's all I got. I don't have any righteousness apart from Jesus. What do you have to say for your life, Jeff? Jesus. Jeff, what do you have to say for all these sins that you've committed? Jesus. That's all I got. Paul says that Jesus is my righteousness. See, God is just. God is a God who defends the helpless and praise His name for that because that's exactly who we are. We're the helpless. We're the hopeless. We're the defenseless in need of a Savior. That this morning is what we're here for. We're not here because we're righteous. We're not here because we're good. We're here because without Jesus we have nothing. In a moment, we're going to take communion. And communion is more than just crackers and grape juice. For those of us who are Christians, it reminds us of the body of Jesus that's broken so that my eternal body could be made whole. It's the blood of Jesus that was shed that washes away all my sins. And when you partake of that this morning, I want you to think about the justice of God. I want you to think about the mishpat of God, that God gives people what they deserve. Think about what you deserve. And then worship Him because He's not giving you what you deserve. Praise Him. If you haven't connected to Jesus this morning, If you're sitting there and you go, yeah, that's all great, Jeff, but I'm a pretty good person. Pretty good's not going to get it. I'm not a fire and brimstone kind of preacher, so you won't get a lot of this. But I am going to tell you the truth because I love you. Good enough's not going to get it. Good enough doesn't lead to eternal life. Pretty good doesn't lead to forever. 
You know what leads to forever? Jesus. That's it. That's it. The justice of God. Our scale balances when we put Jesus on that scale. Apart from Him, there's nothing we can do that will ever make it right. The opportunity this morning is for you to put Him on. For you to make Him your Lord and Savior. Won't you do that right now while together we stand and sing?